Welcome to Songs and Stories, the Not For Musicians Only music podcast. Welcome back to Songs and Stories. I'm Michael Gaither, and this is Songs and Stories, episode number 38. Part two of my two-part interview with singer-songwriter Chuck McCabe about his new record, Creatures of Habit in a World of Change. In, in the last episode, we actually got into a discussion about whether we should call them CDs, records, or albums. Chuck likes album. I kind of prefer records. CD still sounds pretty impersonal. But uh, anyway, here's a whole bunch of new songs from Chuck, which isn't a bad thing in any day. What we're going to hear is the title track, Creatures of Habit, and then we're going to hear a little bit more about why he's so fond of Redding and why he had so many Redding stories that, that just naturally progressed into a whole song about the area. So let's get right to it. Here's Chuck McCabe talking about the title track, Creatures of Habit, and we'll hear him play a little bit. So we've kind of talked about the song Creatures of Habit, but um, actually, what, what is it a, in a different tuning or is it a standard tuning? It's double drop D. Double drop D. So people at home can tell when they're listening to this. And, uh, yeah. Anything more to say about the song, I think? We talked about kind of where it came from. It's nice knowing the stories behind these songs, but we kind of talked to it already. Yeah. Um, I think it's a common thing, because I was telling you, I have a song about called I Miss My Town, that when I first heard you play this, I'm like, I've covered the set that I wrote my song long before. And then Mary McCadson has one about, you know, paving over the farmlands. Um, Mark Arelli has a song that talks about the people that moved into his neighborhood and knocked the trees down, how the kids never played. And and I think it's just a common theme with a lot of people. I think so. Just, yeah. just well, seeing farmlands <laughs> paved under and things changing. And Well, when you see it all firsthand, you know, it becomes yeah. real to you. Yeah. You know, write the song. And I kind of wonder with like, you know, like my nieces growing up now, they're, they're used to seeing every town has a Target and 15 Star. Not to, not to pick on Starbucks, but it's easy because they're everywhere. But yeah. every town has at least three or four. Even our, this little town is a three Starbucks town now. But every town has the same the same strip malls, the same looking houses. In fact, the shopping center on the edge of town here where they put a, a Safeway about a year ago, and it's a nice Safeway. It's a nice shopping center. But they've just gone through and did this major renovation, and all they did was put up facades in front of all the stores so it looks like a brand new strip oh, yeah. mall. Yeah. And it lost the look of the old <laughs> mall, the, the old shopping center that was perfectly functional and fine. So, yeah. So, But this is new and improved. Yeah, because it it's, it's a facade. <laughs> well, it, the products on the shelves are some of the most dismaying things. Uh, I, I can remember... Um, a frozen, uh, like it wasn't really a popsicle, it was like a push-up kind of thing, and, and I can't remember the brand now, but they made about three flavors, mm-hmm. and they were great. Every, every, Is that the round cardboard tube that was about as big as a toilet well, paper well, roll? With well, the, it, with I'll tell you what, it was kind of, uh, I don't know, what it was like a rhomboid or something. It was it was folded at each end. It I wasn't remember really those. A tube. Yep. Yeah, it was and it was called like Mama Mia's or Mama's, yeah. you know, some, something Mama so and so's, and and they were delicious, like an Italian ice, and you bought it. That's right, it was hard. It was an ice cream. It was like almost like a, like a frozen gelato kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah. 
and then some corporation I, I tell you what it was probably um, and one of the orange juice biggies bought them out um, I, I can't think of the, the name right now but anyhow they bought them out and they went off the market for a while same thing happened with an ice cream sandwich recently no. called Bliscotti Bliscotti somebody bought them out and improved them you know made mm-hmm. them more marketable right. and just completely destroyed the product you know it's, and now they're it's not the same thing, and it's not good. No. Well, that'll be depressed, everybody. Let's hear the, let's yeah, hear, let's really. the title song. Yeah. Let's pick it. Pick it. Okay. Well, well, this is going to be the whole arrangement now, so you're going to have to use your imagination. the past 
Friday is Bevan Griggs, the 25th, True Wind Music. Um, Mark, Marky's the night after. Okay, and your link's on my site to all that. And then the week after, you're going to be at the post office in Reading for three nights. So how long have you been, have you been playing up in Reading? Ooh, I wish I... Is it mainly the post office or are there other venues around? But you kind of like always we started, started at the post office. We started at the post office. Yeah. And... Uh, and let me think, how did that happen? Uh, a friend of mine uh, works out at the racetrack, uh, got us that gig, mm-hmm. and, uh, and it worked out really well. Um, and then what, the, what, oh, I know what it was. Yeah, somebody came in and said, I'd like to shoot a video of you guys. And so I went up and did that. Rolf and I played it uh, mm-hmm. at, at old, old City Hall, and... Uh, and shortly after that, it's funny how things happen. What was a, a guy showed up at that concert uh, who I had known from the Bay Area, and uh, and his wife uh, is on the Shasta County Arts Council, mm. and so he he books a lot of civic stuff uh, for uh, um, Shasta Lake, mm-hmm. and and for and she, you know, has got her contacts at. Uh, Anyway, we ended up with some gigs, <laughs> and the <laughs> con- and the concert was was incredibly well timed because uh, um, I, I guess the the local PBS station uh, lost some funding that that season, and they couldn't afford to have um, Austin City Limits mm-hmm. back on, so they ran the concert series that they had shot at Old City Hall, mm-hmm. which included Rolf and me and, and a bunch of other people. Yeah. So we got some uh, some good publicity out of it. And, and You're probably going to reruns. You probably keep cycling through them. So. They, they still do. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. <laughs> well, I love songs about places, and this one... And, uh, sometimes songs about places can seem kind of forced, like someone like took a list of all the places and they put the ones together rhyme. But this one doesn't. This one just seems like you really love these places, and it just seemed to flow really well. Well, you know, it, it, part of what uh, got me started on this thing was uh, we played up at Shingletown, mm-hmm. uh, which is maybe forty-five minutes out uh, mm-hmm. east of, of Reading, and um, and the guy who, who the presenter there said. Uh, you know, these guys, if you can work out some way to, to mention Shingletown in one of your songs, uh, uh, they'd, they'd really go nuts to hear that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I can't remember how we worked that in, but I think we did. But it stayed in the back of my mind that, you know, this area has has, has provided enough 
great stories and, and good gigs right. for us that, that you know it ought to be immortalized. Yeah, if you had real stories and real images, it makes sense to put it all into one song. And we played the four po- points of the compass. If you're familiar with the geography there, it goes from Weaver, Weaverville to Shingletown. Mm-hmm. Those are like the, the farthest east and right. west. Uh, Shasta Lake to Anderson. Because Weaverville is about an hour like west towards the coast, kind of going yeah, towards Arcata. Yeah, it's up in the, in the Trin- yeah. Trinity Alps. There. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, and they've got a, a, a nice outdoor concert series there. And... Uh, and a place, too, that I haven't played with. Mama Lamas. Mama Lamas, that's right. Like, like to play there. Never hurts to wine a little, huh? Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of wine, your wine from it on Smith's here in this bag. So. What? Speaking oh, of wine, oh, your wine, wine from it on Smith's here. Oh, nice. That was a fun gig. Let's hear about Reading. Okay, this has got great fiddle and dobro and everything and banjo in it. And, and so at home, just imagine this great fiddle and dobro. Yes, yeah, so you can use your imagination on this. Or play along at home. <laughs> Beyond the almonds and the olives And the truck stops on I-5 There's a little piece of heaven Makes it almost worth the drive been to cities by the ocean and the city by the bay, but I'd rather be in Reading and it's so so far away, where the Sacramento River runs through one side of town and a freight train through the other. How I miss that mournful sound Where the siskiyous rise up And the logging trucks roll down I'd rather be in Reading Than the place I'm stuck in now Lay along at home all the bright lights up in Reno Maybe a big deal to some But an Indian casino More of my idea of fun Where the blackjack dice and Cuervo It's all part of the game I think I'd rather be in Reading where the cops all know my name And from Weaverville to Shingletown We sang a song and drank around Shasta Lake to Henderson The barbecue at Old Oak Run The post office grill at Old City Hall The disappearing downtown mall Happy hour to the last call It been like home to me Where the blossoms and the buzzards Drift together on the breeze and mosquitoes sing sweetly as the birds up in the trees. If I ever get to heaven, 
I will tell St. Peter, please. I'd rather be in Reading when it's 99 degrees. Only 99 degrees. No, that's uh, as uh, that's like in the winter time, right? When Sleepy John was pointing out, it was 115 last time. Yeah, what's what's the what's the point of going to register in the 100 teens? Really, <laughs> exactly. Well, then you don't have a, a story out of it. That's true. Well, you know, let me tell you another Reading story that it's part of the you know where the cops all know my name. We were sitting at uh, at, at one of the bars there, at Rolf and Jay and Jay Howlett and I, and this. Uh, the guy, the bartender, said uh, that he was an off-duty cop, uh. and he said, "Well, so drink up, boys. He's pouring us another round." He says, "And welcome to Shasta County, where you come on vacation and leave on probation." <laughs> <laughs> what a cool place! Yeah, really. Well, you know, fortunately, uh, we didn't have to drive after that. So, yeah, that's yeah. good too. You know, I didn't ask you about too is, um, and thanks for playing too. I appreciate it, and thanks for actually. Finally, finding some time we could actually get together. It's the hardest part about doing this is figuring out a day we can meet. It's always scheduling. Um, Appreciate your patience, but I do perseverance. (laughs) We didn't talk about the Sisters Folk Festival. Can you mention that really quick and how you got involved in that and kind of what it is? It's it's a great little festival. In fact, it's uh, uh, by a recent poll uh, at WUMB, which is in Boston. Mm -hmm. It came in third of all the like after the, the Boston Folk Festival. What which Really? Which festival in the United States would you most like to attend? And after, I think it came in behind Cape Wolf and maybe Strawberry mm-hmm. as uh, the, uh, the top little festival that people on the, on the East Coast would most like to, wow. to go see. Is that because of the songwriting oh, well, camp or just the people that play? Or? Kerrville and, and uh, mm. Cape Wolf, I think. But uh, uh, songwriting camp is part of it. Yeah. Um, it but it's just... You know what? They didn't follow the mainstream folk idea up there. Which uh, is? Uh, hire name acts. Oh, okay. you know, they, they, they do hire, as it gets more successful, they usually include some kind of headliner, mm-hmm. but, but they've never gone for like the old school, um, the obvious uh, you know, uh, East Coast kind of mm-hmm. folkies or, or even West Coast kind of folkies. They've always found some some little group that's on its way up, like the Waifs or like know, the Green like Cards, the green cards or, uh, yeah. the Paper Boys, or yeah. you know, and 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 the, the acts that are that are really knockouts live mm-hmm. that nobody know, knows that about. Nobody yet. knows about. Yeah. yeah. So uh, that that's part of the key to their success. And people have just gone back year after year, and, and you know they're they're at full seating capacity. Good. You know, they sell out, mm-hmm. and uh, I mean it's almost like they'd have to make the town bigger to make the festival any bigger. Hmm. So it's a, it's the kind of thing where you want to get your room, you know, six months in advance, right, right. and get your ticket as soon as they go online because it's. A, but it's, uh, the the way I got uh, involved was uh, Jay Howlett and I entered. Uh, well, we both had CDs come out in '98. Uh, Gosh, ten years ago, huh? And uh, and we both made the finals at, uh, mm-hmm. uh, of their songwriting contest, and I had the good fortune to win that year. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, the the competition uh, was—I mean, it could have been any of the other contestants mm-hmm. that I saw, and I was absolutely shocked to win it, but but grateful. 
and, um, and didn't I, refuse the titles. Huh? He just didn't refuse the titles. <laughs> no. no, they're better than me. No, 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 go ahead. no, no. I, I did uh, accept and, and gratefully, humbly. Uh, but uh, the, the following, I guess, uh, I guess it was that year. They, they had what they called a jam session, mm-hmm. and somebody said, "Hey, can I use your guitar?" Okay, so it was in a Chinese restaurant. And they had uh, uh, more banjos than anything else, you know. So they had like two guitar players and about eight banjo players, and it was just, you know, it was mayhem. Yeah. You know? And so, so they they had a little uh, feedback kind of sheet that they handed out, and mm-hmm. said, you know, how would you improve the festival? And I wrote, I'd organize the jam session into a kind of a late night stage, you know, where yeah. songwriters could go and do their own material, mm-hmm. and then the jammers could jam somewhere or come up and jam in an organized right. fashion you know less chaos yeah, yeah organization put it together and so so somebody said okay well you do it yeah you run it you know <laughs> yeah. so for uh, the past uh, i don't know seven or eight years i've, I've emceed the night owl stage up oh, there. okay and um, so i'm actually an employee of the festival mm-hmm. at this point and they're changing that and and i don't think i'm going to do the night owl this year um uh, uh I've, they've moved me over into running their senior outreach program. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I do a thing called Young at Heart mm-hmm. here in the in the Bay Area, and they've put um, they've funded the folk festival is actually funding this something called Musical Memories, and uh, I'm kind of their uh, go-to guy for good advice and how to do it. And you got the experience doing it, yeah, Young at Heart. Yeah, I've been doing it 12, 13 years now. Great. So anyway. Um, um, I'm going to go up early and I'll do some shows. I'll do a seminar, a mm-hmm. workshop, and a, like uh, a feedback. Kind of yeah. teaching others how to kind of do what you're doing with Young at Heart, only doing it up there, sort of? Uh, yeah, only yeah. it's more for their community. Yeah. So they're employing their musicians right, up there, right. and I'm just kind of uh, overseeing the quality control. And you might say I'm the uh, artistic director at large okay. or something like that. But anyway, uh, I will do some shows while I'm up there, mm-hmm. and uh, they you know they have a, a young person's outreach. It's in the schools called mm-hmm. the Americana Project, mm-hmm. there, and they uh, they provide guitars and recording time, and and, and at the end of the school oh, nice. year, they come with a CD that the kids do of their own original material, wow. which is really there's a lot happening. Inspirational. Up there. It's a great school, and there's no graffiti. I mean, it's just oh, okay. like. The kids are all enthusiastic about about school. I mean, can you imagine? But with yeah. with, with people like uh, Brad Tisdale being uh, some of their instructors, and mm-hmm. and, uh, and like the, and he he runs the uh, Song Academy too. Right, that's where I saw the name. And, and uh, Dennis McGregor mm-hmm. who did the graphics on. I love the, these. You can't see it on the podcast, but I, I, I was going through the book, and I realized these are all reflectors on old cars yeah. on every page. Yeah. It's real, yeah. it's a nice little thing. So uh, it, they've got some real talent up there and some real solid support from their community. And uh, so they're reaching out to seniors now like they've been reaching out to young folks. Oh, that's good. Uh, all along. So in addition to the great music that, that they bring to town, mm-hmm. they're they're trying to turn it they're into some, it back, something too. that uh, yeah. works for the community, that's too. That's great. Yeah, it's a real nice thing. And I'm, and I'm proud to be a part of it. Very cool. And again, the new CD is Preachers of Habit in a World of Change. You'll be at uh, True in Music this Friday the 25th at, at uh, Canyon Acoustic Society on the 26th and Reading the week after that. Yep. Cool. Thanks for Thanks, your time. Michael. We'll see you soon. Bye.
You know, I think that lesson with sisters in the in the late night jam is if you you don't like how a jam's going and there are too many banjos, don't criticize it because you'll end up running it for ten years. But I think Sisters has been pretty good to Chuck, and he's he's become a staple up there and a big part of the festival. And uh, there's a link to that on my site as well for the Sisters Folk Festival, which occurs around mid-September, so check that out. You know, I think since we're talking about the new Chuck McCabe CD, Creatures of Habit in a World of Change, I'm going to forgo most of this bouncy theme music I usually close this show with and let you hear one more cut. This is actually the... Uh, I'll play the next-to-last cut on the album. The, the, the very last cut is a, a song called Holidays, spelled H-I-L-I-H-O-L-I-D-A-Z-E. Um, but we're going to go back and hear the next-to-last track. This is called My Prayer for You, and it really sums up a lot of, I think, what Chuck McCabe is about. So here's my prayer for you from Chuck McCabe. Thanks for listening to Songs and Stories, episode number 38. If you have any comments about this episode, send me an email, michael at michaelgaither.com, or go to my contact page, michaelgaither.com slash contact, and uh, send me an email, sign up for the list, and I'll let you know what's coming up in the future. Thanks for listening. Take care. Traffic lights be green May you know high and low And be mostly in between May you go a little crazy If it helps you to explain All the troubles of the world has gone insane My prayer for you That you may do What makes you laugh